I want to share with you tonight three divrei Torah, three different Torahs, three different teachings, three different lessons. And then I want to add a fourth one. The first three will be each one related to the first of the three words of tomorrow's wisdom reading in the Torah. Parshat B'chukotai. And B'chukotai is not an easy parsha, everybody. B'chukotai is the last of the parshiot. It's the last section of the book of Leviticus. And it is usually read in conjunction with last week's parsha. Bahar, which had to do with Shemitah and all kinds of laws that made sense, laws that were connected to the land of Israel and to living in the lands of Israel. And then as an addendum, in much the same way as many other Near Eastern treaties, there is a conditional reward and punishment section that if you keep the mitzvot, if you keep all of the Torah, if you're good boys and girls, if you behave, then you will reap rewards. And if not, oy vavoy. This tochacha haktana, this minor tochacha, is one of three places, really there are two, but three, where the Torah is impossible to read without, besides a headache, besides the intellectual affront, but the emotional dissonance, the emotional discomfort the absolute desire to say, this is abusive. And I don't believe in this. And our tradition has struggled with that. Struggled with promises of external rewards, of obvious benefits. Schar mitzvah b'hai alma leka, said the rabbis, obviously, feeling the tension here, the dissonance. Don't imagine that you know what the reward for a mitzvah is in this world, said the rabbis. But what about tomorrow's reading? If you keep my mitzvot, the rains will come, the harvest, it's going to be great. That dissonance created a body of literature that chose to see something deeper possibly, to reread it in a way, to transvalue it. And I'm going to share three of those teachings with you and then a fourth one. And they all focus on the first three words. Im If you will walk, literally, telechu, if you will walk in my chukotai, in my statutes, in my laws. The first Torah is from a great Rebbe from a, a town in Poland called Ishbitz. Ishbitz, a radical teaching. We imagine, everybody, that when we read about rewards and punishments tomorrow morning throughout the world or every year, we couldn't be further from uncertainty. It is the most certain parsha in the Torah. Do X and you'll see why. It's an agreement. Means absolute certainty. If you will follow my edicts, my commands, if you will be obedient, you can trust. And along comes the Ishbitzer, and he says something profound. He says, Im is a language, Lashon Safek. If, if you will walk in my statutes, means 
that we must walk with if. You hear that? Should I say it again? If you walk in my statutes, in he says the word im is the word if, potential, could be, can sign. If means a person should always walk with the notion that I don't know if I'm keeping God's will. How am I to know the depth of the matter, he writes? It could be that I'm keeping the law, but I'm missing what God wants. He introduces something well before Freud, but not too long before Freud. But we didn't need Freud to champion this because it was already clear from the ancients, and Freud, of course, is the champion of the distance between what we think we know, what our motivations are, why we do things, and the possible deeper intentions that are laying beneath the surface that we don't have any idea about. Im, the word im, introduces us to the possibility that we are living, Bhagavan, he says, on the surface. He introduces into a parsha that is an archetype of certainty, the religious value of the question im. You know, I know that for myself personally, my spiritual path was very much a rejection of the simple meaning of im I lived in a world where my superego, my wagging finger was no pain, no gain. Whether in the world of Torah or in the world of athletics or in the world of working out, no pain, no gain meant one more, one more, one more. Be obedient, it'll be good, it'll be good. And there was a point in my life where I said, no longer will I ever do something where somebody's telling me to do it. You guys know that about me, people here know that. It has to come from a softer place. But self-deception, everybody, is so powerful, isn't it? Self-deception, imagining that what is on the surface is all we have, whether it's our motivation or our energies, right? I started a new workout program two weeks ago. No, three weeks ago, I'm counting, and you guys can keep count with me. And you're more than invited to join me, 90 days. And I'm working out this week, and of course, it's in my house. So when you're alone, it's hard to push yourself, right? So I'm working out, and my son Bear comes into the room. He's four and a half, almost five. He takes the phone that has the workout program on it. And he says, Abba, what are you doing? I, I said, what do you mean? I'm working out. He said, can I help? I said, sure. So he took the phone. He sat next to me as I was doing some exercise, and he kept saying, Abba, one more. <laughs> I promise. One more. One more. And you know what's amazing? If that would have been somebody else, right? No way. One more? I can't get myself to do one more. And when I heard it from, in such a vulnerable, sweet way, it was if my future, not my past, was saying, you can do more. You hear me? 
as if my future, my son, my future was saying to me, you can be more, you can do more, you have more within you, there's a deeper depth that you don't even know, you don't even know the depth of your motivation, of your capacity, of who you could be. Abba, one more. One more. Im Im. Who knows? Who knows what God wants, what God's deeper ratzon is, God's deeper desire, what God's deeper will is, the universe's deeper will. Do we know? A little bit of humility, huh? I can't tell you, and it, like, this is going to sound unhumble, and I know that I'm running. I don't talk about a lot of things from the pulpit, everybody. You know why? Not because I'm not interested. Because I know that I don't know. I know that I don't know so much. And so I stick to some things that I have a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of in, could be. In the Jewish world today, there is so much certainty that masks the fear of, I really don't know. I really don't know what you really are feeling, so I'll call you a heretic or a hater of something because I'm really afraid. So I won't fight with you about the issues. I'll make ad hominem attacks, anything to cover over the im that lurks beneath my veil of certainty. We don't know. And if we did, we would already be where everybody says we think we're going to be. We don't know. Im bechukotai. Who knows? Bechukotai. The word for law here is very interesting. It means, actually, things that we don't understand. If you will walk in the things that you don't understand with the openness of curiosity, says Shnur Zalman of Adi, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, Bichukotai, the word for law here, everybody, is the word that means engraving. Law, chok, is that which is engraved. And he compares it to ktiva, which is writing. The Torah that we have in the ark here, everybody, is written with a quill. It's ink on parchment, but an engraved stone, he writes, unlike letters that sit on the surface of the parchment, separate from the parchment. An engraving is so deep, it's the deepest deep. The letters become entwined. Imbichukotai, Ishbitz, and Lubavitch together, if you will live with an openness for the depth that is beneath the surface. And Telechu, the third Torah, is from Rav Nachman of Breslev who wrote, the word to walk that we use for Jewish law, halacha, comes from, right, this motion. He says to be a baki bahalacha, to be an expert in halacha, which means Jewish law. He playfully rereads it as saying, become a baki, an expert, in walking. And walking, he says, has two movements. Ratso vashov, running forward and going back. Going forward and back, the ebb and flow, the up and the down. In three words, Hasidic masters give us a whole new vista to look at a chapter of obedience. Each and every one of us, every single day, we are faced by things that we have no understanding of. 
We knock our heads against things and we try to find the deeper reason. Or the other way, we live Bhagavan. We look at people and we judge them on the outside and we don't know their inside. We judge ourselves on our outsides and not on our insides. We lose faith in the promise of our insides. means that we should become experts in the depth of life and its organic flow up and down, in and out. I promised you one more Torah. This is from the son of the Ishbitzer Rebbe. Everybody want to hear this? You ready for this? Devorah, how you doing? You are? Okay. Everybody else okay? We're almost done. Almost done. One more Torah. This week's Parsha begins without the usual opening. Right? Larry's thinking about it. And God spoke to Moses saying, it doesn't say, So the Ishbitzer's son, Rabbi Yankala Ishbitzer, the Beis Yankov says, Since when do we have a Parsha in the Torah where God says to Moses without saying, God said to Moses? You know what he said? He said it's because God didn't say this to Moses. God said this to himself. And Moses overheard it. God said it as a prayer, says Yankel Ishbitzer. Yankel Ishbitzer says that Moses overheard God, Beno Levenatzmo, Beno, those were words between himself, God speaking to God's self, as it were, saying, if only they could understand the depth of my mind. If only they could walk up and down, in and out. If only they learned the art of navigating life's ins and outs. If only they could hear the im of Abba one more. You can do it. If only they trusted that within their own surfaces there were depths that they could access and others could access for them. If only they didn't give up on themselves. That's what Avyankala says. So tomorrow night is a holiday called Lagba Omer. And, and I want to tell you that I just desired, I have a desire to tell you one more Torah. <laughs> I, just, I just thought of it. Kojir Samagid says that we are to count 50 days. Count 50 days. 50 days counting, tisperu. And the word tispor, which means to count, also means to shine. From the word sapir, sapphire. The word in Hebrew for sapphire and the word in Hebrew for counting are the same, says the Kojitzer Magid. You have 50 days, he says, to shine. Each day is unique. Each day is important. Each day is a new day. So I want to bless all of you. I want to bless all of you that you can hear God saying to you, whispering, if only you would... Hear my prayer. I want to bless each and every one of you that, that the work of waking up every day and shining what God gave you is important. I want to bless each and every one of you that at those moments when you think that you've finished, that a little boy or, or a small voice inside of you says, that's just the surface. There's more where that came from.